walked on in a daze, staring at the man bowing on the dais to the clapping of his listeners, cradling his harp in one arm, and with the other spreading his patch-covered cloak as if to trap all the sound they made. He was a tall man, lanky and not young, with long mustaches as white as the hair on his head. And when he straightened and saw Rand, the eyes that widened were sharp and blue. Tom. Rand's whisper was lost in the noise of the crowd. Hello, I'm Will, and this is my wife, Dallas. Hi! And this is Not the Beginning, a podcast where a longtime Wheel of Time fan and a Wheel of Time newbie read through each of the 14 books in this long series. Warning! This podcast may not be suitable for younger audiences and will contain spoilers. If you've not read Robert Jordan's The Great Hunt, please proceed with caution. On this episode of Not the Beginning, we will be diving in and discussing chapters 24 through 29 of The Great Hunt. Note, I have not read past chapter 29, and Will is going to do his best not to bring in anything from the rest of The Great Hunt or the next 12 books during our discussion. So as long as you've read through chapter 29, you should be good. If you haven't, I recommend pausing here and going to read them. All right, chapter summaries from dragonmount.com. Egwene meets her neighbor and fellow novice Elaine Trachand. Elaine introduces her to Min and points out the gentled Loghain. Min explains that she can see auras around people. Elaine then introduces Galad, Gawain, and Elida. Elida interrogates Min. Rand's party arrives in Kyrian. They are there for less than half a day before invitations from noble houses start arriving. Rand burns the invitation, then heads to the foregate a haphazard warren of streets outside the main city. He finds Tom Marilyn, who he believed to be dead. Rand takes Tom's harp and flute to Tom's inn in the foregate. Rand and Loyal meet Dina, Tom's new apprentice. Tom refuses to help Rand deliver the horn of the leader. Returning to their own inn, Rand and Loyal are attacked by Trollocs in the streets of the foregate. Selene rejoins them briefly, then vanishes again. They hide inside the Illuminator's chapter house. Rand shoots fireworks at a Trolloc and sets the chapter house on fire. Heron's party encounters an Aiel man looking for the prophesied he who comes with the dawn. Matt and Perrin speculate whether he means Rand. Bornhold is concerned because a contingent within the White Cloaks, the Questioners, are stirring up trouble on Tomon Head, but ignoring the invading Shanchan. Bail Doman's ship, the Spray, is attacked by a Shanchan ship and forced to surrender. The Shanchan captain, Aginan, orders Doman to sail to Falma. Aginan takes Doman's Quaindiar disc as a gift for High Lord Turek. Turek takes a liking to Doman. So this is very much a stitching section. It's not as painful as in the Eye of the World, where they're just kind of wandering the Andorran countryside for a while. There's that, that, happening. That's fair. I just have one thing to say. Uh-huh. I was right! Tom is alive! Yes, Tom is alive. <laughs> Nobody... No crime. <laughs> okay, Gus. <laughs> Tom is alive. Tom is alive. Tom wants nothing to do with this anymore. Tom is Tom's turned in his resignation. He's like, I got attacked by a fade and I'm out. He's got a lover and he's good now. He's also very convinced that Rand is out of this and he knows very little. Tom well, is sorely mistaken about that. And I... he's also very much about to get wrapped back up in this. Oh yeah, no, he's... He, we're not done with him. Rand's Taviran. If... Tom wasn't going to get wrapped up in this. He would have died. Yes, very true. But a, but they need Tom. They need Tom for something. For something. We don't know what it is. But yeah, if Tom had no part left to play in this story, he would be dead. Yep, but alas, he is alive for his own misfortune. 
And we can just add that to the check column of things Dallas was right in predicting. Yes. That and Rand can channel. That I've and been, Rand can channel. <laughs> gotten two predictions right so far. Yep. We should probably start keeping a tally of things that I'm convinced about. We probably should. We probably need a good way to like recap uh, Dallas's prophecies. Yeah. We should we should workshop that. We should. Go back and listen to episodes. We make some notes. Yes. Speaking of prophecies, Min's back. And we get some more. Just two or three. We get some, we get actual ones about Egwene. Just yes. Just Egwene, not just Rand and Egwene. Right. And then we get some about Elaine told from Elaine's perspective. A kind of spicy one for Elaine. <laughs> Elaine is apparently going to share her husband with two women. Yep. That's a little weird. That's, she's like, I'm not going to stand for that. Nope, but. But also, we don't know in what way does that mean. Like, is there going to be some sort of, like, I don't want to say love triangle, because a triangle, one that has too many sides. And it's not a it love. four people. It's not a love square unless all four people are involved with. I disagree. It just needs, it just, there just need to be four points for it to be a rectangle. But, like we had the discussion with a love triangle, it's not a love triangle unless all points are involved with the other two points. Otherwise, it's, it's just a, or it's, otherwise it's just a love corner. Nah. It's just it, a beat. It, just, it's just, it, can be a, it can be a love triangle if not every pair of people is involved somehow. No. Yeah. It can. I think you're wrong about that. I think you're wrong. And with who a, reads the romance in this? That's fair. <laughs> At least with a rectangle, it doesn't need to be everybody. No, but it is usually implied that, like, there's, like, you're, yeah, you're right, it doesn't have to be everybody. Right. Just, there has to be two, there has to be several. Everyone has to be with two others, but not the third. Yeah, or else it's, it's, it's like, much trickier yeah. to, to pull off, like, a fully connected love rectangle. Yeah. We've digressed. A little bit. The reason Min shows back up is because she's in the White Tower, where Egwene is, and also Elaine shows back up. And so does, uh, what's her face, Grinwell. Els Grinwell. But just by mention. Yeah, she's there. She's flirting. Yeah. She's I don't know that she'll actually be, uh, I don't know that she'll actually show up again, but that was a weird Easter egg. At least, I mean, she can channel. That's weird. Yeah. Rand has an unusual number of, yeah. <laughs> He's got an unusual number of connections to women who can channel. Because, like, Egwene and Nynaeve from his village can channel. Well, because I think runs in, into Moraine. in that section, Egwene is, like, Rand being... Or no, Elaine says Elida says something about Rand possibly being Taviran because like he ran into this woman. The reason that um Els, Elsa Greenwell Els 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 Greenwell is there Greenwell is there is because like she met a boy that followed the description of Rand and then yep. was like I want to see the world, and Elida's like if that's not Taviran then I don't know what is. Yeah, and it, I mean she's not wrong. Rand does kind of leave chaos in his wake. Yeah. Because apparently there were riots after he left in Camelon. It's like a throwaway line. Well, because Elida was, like, looking for him. Yeah. And then he was gone. Right. Yeah. And Egwene's worried about that. Yep. And we learn a little bit about what it means to be a novice. Not a huge amount. Just a little bit. It involves a lot of cleaning. A lot of, like, scullery work. Yeah, we were we were talking about the like we were having our pre discussion and you like tried to liken the White Tower to Hogwarts and I'm like no 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 this is not a school of magic yet so far this is just it's just cleaning it this is you just work in a kitchen this is <laughs> White Tower school of trauma and cleaning yeah <laughs> to be fair because so far all we've seen is novices cleaning and. Naive going through trauma gates. Yeah, yeah. So it's the school of trauma and cleaning. Uh, okay. 
it's definitely a magic school, though. Like, they can channel. There's, like, a, there's evidence that at least Elaine has been taught. A little bit. and Because like, Elaine can grab the source and she can see when Egwene does. Yeah, they have this moment where they're, like, getting to know each other and before Egwene realizes who Elaine is. Yeah. And her connection to Rand. But they're, like, you know, making friends because they're going to be roommates. And they... They channel a little bit, and they can see, like, an aura around the other when they channel, and they both get really excited because that's the first time that's happened. But then Elaine goes and mentions Rand, and she realizes, like, oh, oh you're the fucking princess. Also, you're that bitch I was jealous of. Yup. <laughs> but I think they're still going to be friends. I think so, which too. Is, which is good. I, that's a little surprising for Egwene. I kind of, I kind of, in that moment, anticipated Egwene to just write Elaine off completely and be like, Nah, kinda, you were trying to get with Rand. Kind of go down the naive path. Just, like, be angry with everybody around her. Right. Or, like, yeah, just kind of be, you know, oh, you were trying to get with my man, so I don't like you right. automatically. Egwene's like, no, my first instinct was that I like you, so I'm going to stick with that. Right. And then they have a little bit of an interaction with Min where she tells Elaine that She's going to share her husband with two? Well, that was before. That's right. Elaine was introducing Min, because uh, Egwene right. hadn't met Min before. The, we got the Min's creepy aura readings through Rand. Right. Egwene had never met her. Right. So So there are, there are three of them here, Elaine sharing her husband. Uh, the Rose Crown of Andor. That one seems really obvious. And there was one more that I missed on my first read, but then remembered that Min also saw a severed hand. Ah, right. I forgot about that. With Elaine. That's a weird one. It's not hers. I know what it I know what it is. It's a weird one. It's kind of just like, yeah, that's a weird one. A lot of Min's things are weird, and that's what Min tries to say. She's like, don't put too much talk in it. These are weird. Like, I'm not even going to bother telling you. Yeah, I don't know what she, these mean. Because she goes through Egwene's, and she's like, a white flame, and then... You know what? Never mind. Never mind. These aren't important. What did she see? That made her go... No, I'm not going to tell you your future. Yeah. Like, the white flame is, like, like that's, like, a symbol of the eyes to die. So, like, it could, it could mean anything for a novice of the white tower. Right. It could mean she's already there. Because some of her stuff, especially that lamb, was stuff in the past. Right, because it was, you know, a baby in, baby in a cradle with a sword. Right. He was literally handed a sword in a, when he was a baby. Right. And then the seven towers, like, a broken towers or something... Yeah. And those were about Lan's past. Right. Another character kind of re-emerges here. Loghain, who doesn't seem like he's doing so hot. No, he, he's he, very depressed. He's very depressed. He just wanted to go on a walk. They're like, no, nah, you don't get to go on a walk. Yeah. Which is like, okay, dude, you just rot. Like, I feel a little bit for him in this. A like, little bit. Kind of in the, like, I think part of why I feel a little bad for Loghain is because of Tom's description that we also get with his yeah. nephew is that like basically when you're gentled it robs you of your will to live right because tom's nephew committed suicide yeah because he couldn't channel anymore so like you just you literally just robbed logan of his will to live let him go on a walk right he just wants to be outside like just let him outside it's like i get that yeah. he did bad things but like prisoners get outside time like yeah. let him have just let him have something. Like, you gotta, like, treat him like a human, at right. least. Like, just because you did bad things doesn't... Partially it was because of 
his ability to channel was driving him crazy. So if you removed the ability to channel, he therefore, in theory, the reaction of him going crazy stops. Right. He's as crazy as he's going to get via magic means. Right. So, like, you maybe can rehabilitate him, and part of rehabilitation is, like, trusting that... Well, maybe, because, I mean, he has to be at least a little insane. But... At least a little infected by the taint, given that he has channeled, and it's, you know, who's to say... I'm just saying, you can let him outside. No, no, I'm with you. Like, let him see the sun. Maybe that will help him, like, not go even crazier. Right. And maybe it'll help, like, if you treat him with some sort of kindness, maybe then he won't, like, escape and go help out other people that he can, even if he can't channel. Like... Yeah, no, I'm with you. I am team let Logan have a walk. (laughs) Let Logan have a walk. Okay. (laughs) No, I'm with you. They they need to treat men who can channel better. They... uh, It's... Clearly a theme with Owen, with the way even, like, Moraine talks about it. And Moraine is somebody who is, like, these men, the only reason she basically hasn't done that to Rand is that she thinks it's necessary for Rand. To go crazy? uh, To To be able to channel. Like, he's got to fight the last battle. Right. There's also, like, in the conversation a little bit with Tom kind of overlapping sections a little bit. Um, When Rand is talking with Tom, they do talk about Owen. And Tom was saying that, like, you know, we wish... I wish that they had tried to do something different with him. And Rand's like, wait, you can do something different? And it, Rand's conversation with Tom is very much layered in the, is there a possibility that I can save myself here? Right. And... I don't think Tom really knows. I don't think he does either. I think he has a suspicion as to why Rand might be asking, but I think he thinks that's because he's asking on either Matt or Perrin's behalf. Yeah, because Tom is very convinced that it's not Rand who Moraine is after because... He it, let, she let Rand go. Right, he's in Kyrian alone. He's right. not the Horn of Valir, but he's alone. <laughs> so, but he, he realizes why Rand is fishing out this information. He just doesn't realize it's for Rand. He actually believes the, so I have this friend who has this thing happening. Yeah. Tom is actually following it. Like, falling for it this time. Uh, But they talk about, like, how Tom tried not, he only used the source when he wanted to help people, and, like, he wasn't using it for bad things, and how maybe they could have helped him learn to channel because he wasn't, he wasn't evil. He was trying to use it for good. Right. And so maybe that has a different effect on how the male side of the source works because it's tainted so maybe, maybe. if you're initially trying to use it for good it can't like there's just not a lot of they don't know how it, the taint works right and so he was like saying like i wish that they had done a little bit of studying before they just gentled him and then made him commit suicide right and because they clearly just they see oh man who channel bad right not man who can channel clearly is trying not to channel. Yeah. Maybe we can figure out how to help him in a different way than just removing his will to live. Some of that, I think, is... Logan was using it for bad purposes. Yes, so he, he Logan was a false dragon. He needed to be gentle. Raising armies and whatnot. I think some of that is a conversation about... It's a risk-benefit thing. Yeah. What are the potential benefits to helping men who can channel versus the potential risks? And we have... A, in Tarvalin, there is a very clear potential risk that is always looming over... Over the White Tower. Dragon Mount is right there. Yeah. Created by an insane man who could channel. One man. Well, the most not, powerful he's not, man it's ever. not, it wasn't created by an insane man. It is an insane man. Well, it's, <laughs> but it's not literally Luz Theron. It, it's the mountain he brought up around himself. So it, it's, he, it's like his tomb. Okay. He turned into a fucking volcano. <laughs> 
he did volcano himself. But like that that's like an ever-present, lasting reminder of the dangers of letting men channel. And that was like the champion of the light, the dragon. The dragon reborn, lose there and reborn, is supposed to save the world. And his previous incarnation is a representation of the scars that men who could channel left on the world. Yeah, it's an interesting, like, it's interesting to think about with this series that the fact that the ragged is supposed to save the world, but he's supposed to save the world with this tainted thing. Right. He's not pure good. The hero of the story, a hero of the prophecy, not the hero of the story, the story is the books, but the hero of the prophecy is supposed to be the dragon reborn, but he's doing, he's not inherently good because he can channel. Right. There are some interesting things that we will come across. Uh, it gets mentioned here, I think, for one of the most du- in one of the most direct ways that we've seen the cycle of the dragon, the Koreathon cycle. We, we've it's Which also been touched on it before, part of that but there's like an actual conversation about it here. We, there's some very interesting things in the cycle of the dragon about prophecies, and one of them, I'm fairly certain that this has been brought up previously, is that the dragon reborn will save the world, but also break it again. And it's going to be the last one. It's the last battle. Yeah. like it, This is the last cycle, it seems. Well, earlier, Balzaman had said that it's if Rand loses, it's the last one. But it's the Wheel of Time. Ages come and pass. And, <laughs> and so one of the, like, harder things to square away in this is that basically the dragon has to keep winning this battle forever. The dragon can't ever lose because if the dragon loses, he's lost all of the battles. Why is it called the last battle then? Like what is, could, have we figured that part out yet? We have not. Like, cause I'm, I'm just confused at all the information about why it's called the last battle because it kind of seems like this is it. Like after this, no one's being reborn. There's... No matter what. Because otherwise, why would it be a last battle? I, I think about it like I mean if literally think about it like a wheel right if, if there's a if you have like midnight and so a clock a le- yeah a clock not a wheel they're both circles but circles the point of a circle is that it has no beginning and the has clock, no end the clock is a wheel of time uh, it, the last battle is like 11 59 p.m so is there always a last battle yeah I yeah I think it, this is a thing I don't understand yeah it, it's it's not super straightforward it's also not super relevant this is just, yeah it's just one of those things that I think like if we hadn't broken it up into sections and been dissecting it like this. This conversation may not have ever happened. No, it's something that would have gotten con- that would have gotten me so confused I might not have continued. Ah, okay. Because I would have been like, I don't understand what the point of this is. Like, that's fair. And I still don't, but there is enough things keeping me reading yeah. that I want to figure out. Right. Anyway, the Koreathon cycle is particularly interesting because it does talk about the dragon saving the world but breaking it. And see, I just don't understand that either. How is saving it and breaking it the same thing? Like, what does breaking the world mean? It can mean any number of things. Like, does it explode and have to reform so in another two billion years? Like, like this, I don't I don't understand. You'll and understand this might be a longer con- This might be yeah. a longer conversation, but I just don't understand what the point of these books are. <laughs> I'm just really enjoying the characters. The characters are fantastic. But like I don't understand the core plot. <laughs> That's that's fair. It's a it's a fourteen book series. There's a lot more plot to be had. That's true. Like I guess we are still not even in the twenty five percent mark. Nope. That's somewhere in between. Like that's somewhere around like book four. Yeah, it'd be like three and a half. Yeah. Like so halfway into book four. Yeah. Which actually kind of tracks. Thinking about it, like the first three books were planned as a trilogy, but I thinking about the series as a whole, that about that about makes sense for the first quarter 
of the plot. Now, some of the books get, do get, do drag out. That's what your mother has said. Yeah. And it does not... She doesn't, she doesn't like a lot of the stuff that happens in books four and five because it takes a little while for some stuff to get going there. But I don't think it's as bad as she thinks it is. And the slog is way worse. Book 10 is not a, not a great book. Instilling me with so much confidence. It will be better. The way we're reading it, book 10 will be much better. Okay. It, it just, at that point, there's so much that has happened and there's still a lot to happen. I feel like, because book 10, there's 14 books, so that's like, there's only three books left. Like, four books. Four books left. Yeah. So, like, I feel like most series that are long have that problem. Yeah. Like, book 11, like, books 9 through 11 of the Sookie Stackhouse series, I was like, if I have to read Sookie Paint Her Toenails one more effing time, I'm just gonna throw the book at the wall. And then I did, because she painted her toenails again. But, like, you will, uh, you I, will there's probably... feel that way about Elaine and Bat. Baths. The woman takes a lot of baths later. <laughs> Far too many. If the show could cut out one thing to make it better, it would just be the existence of bathtubs. They don't need to exist because if one exists in Randland, Elaine will find it and she'll take a bath in it. I hate that it's called Randland. And so... <laughs> never actually called that in the books. I know. But second, that reminds me of the teacher in EZA and the essays on... It's it's a whole thing. Okay. You, have you seen EZA? I have, several times. Anyway, yeah. it just reminds me. If you know what I'm talking about... Refocusing a little bit. <laughs> we went on a, a bit of an extended tangent there. There are three other characters in Egwene's section that pop back up. Elida, who's barely present, she just shows up, reminds everybody that she's queen bitch, and basically interrogates Min. And Min doesn't really give her any information. Right. Galad and Gawain are back, though and they have a fun dynamic. Galad and Egwene have a fun dynamic. Yes. Elaine basically. Galad is like the the like somewhat wholesome version of Celine, but a man. Galad is so handsome that all of the women around him are like, ooh, you're pretty. Except for men. Except for men. Egwene's like, like, hello. So much so that she like she only lashes onto his name and Gawain's like, I think I have to reintroduce myself <laughs> because you Definitely did not hear me. Yeah, no. I. <laughs> to be fair, though, they do walk up and they're both shirtless. They just came. They just come from practice. They just come from practice. So he's got like he's shirtless. He's got like his sword and his jacket slung over his arms. Like yep. if 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 Land walked up to me in that state, and I he... wouldn't be able to hear anyone else's name. <laughs> so apparently, <laughs> he's Galad, just that hot. Galad gets some shit later, but I really like this Galad right now. Well, because there's the Min looks at him and she's like, he will do whatever it takes to do good, and right. he won't even see that he's hurting people. Right. And that's just some. I think that's why I don't like. I'm not like okay, Gwen. I can see where you're coming from. It's like he's just pretty. Sure. And he asks her out instantly. He like instantly. takes her hand and is like, "Would you like to go on a walk with me?" <laughs> she's like, "Okay." Very. He's like. He's very courteous about it. Yes, he's very. He's, he's courting her. Yes. He's treat. He's acting. He's he's being chivalrous. He takes right. her hand. He's very he kisses her it. hand. He tells her that she's beautiful and says that he would love to take her on a walk sometime. As long and get as to she's comfortable her. with it. Yes, he's, he's just, very polite about it. And I just don't. I don't know if he's doing it genuinely. It's Galad. Or I, if he's doing it because he like 
there's just a difference. It, it does his being like that doesn't strike me as wholesome as if like Perrin did that. If Perrin, no. there's something guileless about the way Perrin would say like, "I want to take you out, but only I mean, if you're comfortable." With, with Galad, it's also guileless. Except Galad has the. It's just too suave. Well, he's a prince. He's had practice. Perrin has had no practice. <laughs> if Perrin <laughs> had practice, fair. he might be like that. And I guess Elaine doesn't like him, so. Yeah, well, Elaine kind of needs to get over that. That's fair. Because even Gawain's like, he's not that bad. He's not that bad, and he is our brother. Like, we have the same father. She's, like, not about it. No, but yeah, so Gawain's got a date. Sort of, kind of. She doesn't actually agree to it. No, she says, she kind of was like, yeah, yeah, I'd like that. Yeah. And then, so they didn't. They didn't make plans, but the pre-asking, the pre-date yeah. has, planning has been done. Yeah. The asking of, would you like to go on a date? Right. Yes. And they just need to make plans The entire now. time, Gawain is giving Galad and Egwene and Elaine shit about it. I love Gawain. Gawain's See? who I meant to say earlier. Gawain gets some shit later, but I love this Gawain. This okay. Gawain is fantastic. I I like him. I think he's... He's I, sassy. He's sassy. I kind of wish Elaine was going more for Gawain. Or Egwene was going more for Gawain, not Elaine, because they're siblings and that's gross. This is not Game of Thrones. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I wish Egwene was going more for Gawain. Yeah. Galad just seems, maybe it's just because he seems boring. He's being chivalrous. <laughs> he's chivalrous. Oh, man. He's chivalrous and just too nice. And it doesn't seem like, I need you to have some substance besides just I'm a prince. I have read the whole series, and I am very interested to see how your opinions of Galad and Gawain change over the next 12 books. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. But it just is like, he's just, like, it seems like his entire personality is, I am a prince. Yeah, he's kind of got, like, Disney prince going on. He's got Disney prince going on, and, like, this isn't a Disney book. Nope, this it's... Is... It's PTSD, the book. Yeah, so we need we need a little bit more, yeah. especially if you're going to be with something someone as interested as Egwene. Like, yeah, she's got a lot she going need, on. She's got a lot going on. She needs someone who has maybe not as much going on because that's too much, but someone who at least has some personality. Yeah, Egwene and Rand is like, oh my god, just chill. You got too much going on. Egwene needs someone more like Perrin without the wolf stuff, like Perrin pre-wolf stuff. Perrin if he wasn't Taviran. Yeah, Perrin. She if just he needs wasn't... a nice stable blacksmith. And someone who like has a personality and has and makes jokes and is fun, but yeah. has zero things going on and is like, yeah, I'm just gonna let my wife go do things. Yeah, yeah. Galat's not gonna do that. No, he's gonna want to do everything for her. Out of like, I think a good place, which is that he'll he'll want his wife to not have to experience like strife or having like he just wants to provide although maybe not because he comes from matriarchal society so he that's might... true he was basically raised in a place where his like princedom was the highest rank he'll any, ever have any man could ever have so yeah maybe who knows maybe but i think he also will try to pamper her too much and she's just gonna yeah, be like that's not a good he's He's he seems like the kind of guy who'd be like, ah, oh, you had a you had a rough day of ruling. Can I rub your feet? And then Egwene's just gonna be like, no, you can't rub my feet. Like, <laughs> what is this? I can rub my own damn feet. Right. It's he's he may not be the man for Egwene. No, but I will be excited to see if they do have a date. And I want to see how I want to see how that goes. I want to see if Egwene continues to have the same inner dialogue as Rand when she's going on a date with Glad, where Rand's entire inner monologue, anytime Selena is around is oh god what would a going thing 
I wonder if Egwene will have the same, or if she's kind of dumped him to the wayside now that he can channel or whatnot. Maybe we'll find out. I actually don't remember if we find out or not. I kind of hope that she out. at least carries a torch for Rand a little while longer. It would be a little weird if she didn't. Because it would cheapen it. Yeah. Like, it was just kind of established up front and then, like, with the first available opportunity dropped. Yeah, that and it just seems like it would be cheap writing and it doesn't seem up to... No, because Robert Jordan is very, very consistent with his characters. Right. And he writes people well. He writes people like people. Mm-hmm. He writes a great book boyfriend, too. We, who we don't see in this section. Lynn is can- <laughs> we don't see him in this section. I think that might be part of why I don't like this section as much. There's no land. There's no land. But we do have some Gawain, and I think that's a that's a consolation prize. <laughs> I'm making a face. I'm not gonna say anything though. And we're gonna move on to Rand. <laughs> Rand's in Kyrian. Yes. He's basically proving to be an expert at the game of houses by not playing the game of houses. And they think he's playing the game of houses. There's some interesting things about Kyrian. It's on the outside, it's very lively and whatnot. And then you get in and it's like this gray Minecraft prison. Everything is on right angles. There's no curves. Everything's gray. Perfectly manicured and like lined up. Right. It's like Minecraft, but gray, and like all the people are wearing gray. And so he stands out a lot in his fancy red coat. Yeah. Because all the, so like all the nobles and all the people of noble houses wear like black suits with like sashes of color. Is that to indicate? Yeah, that's to indicate their house. And the number of slashes, is that like the rank in the house? Basically. Okay. That's what I had kind of figured. But yeah, it's an interesting dynamic that Kyrian has. You also have to be, like, he was signed in, and he, and the guard at the front gate was like, well, you have your in. You have to come tell us where yeah. you're staying. They, like, monitor people very well. Yeah. Which Kyrian's real weird. Is not a dynamic for a city. It's like, no. Well, that's, I think, why so much of Kyrian happens in the Forgate. Yeah, because it just, the inside the walls is like this weird militaristic prison. I don't think it's militaristic so much as, as it is aristocratic. Well, like, because it's not go... like it's not like Shinar or Faldara. Faldara is in Shinar, where that's very militaristic, right? Like they have checkpoints, they have guards, they have patrols. But even all he didn't have buildings. Even in Faldara, they he didn't have to tell them what inn he was staying in. No, but and he, they didn't what, even he, check him in. But he they did have that like whole women's apartment thing, and all of the buildings there were built for combat, and nobody ever didn't have a weapon, including the women. That's true. Whereas in Kyrian, it's just like, it's, it's very, like, proper. It's just, it's just weird that they track people so well there. Like, you have yeah. to let them know what inn you're in. You Like, they wrote their names down in a register. Yeah. Like, what city does that? Kyrian. <laughs> it's just, it's weird. I don't trust it. And they, like, I guess it's partially because, like, they needed to know where to send invites to Rand, which he all throws in the fire. And, uh... Yep. Which causes more to come. Yep, and then he probably just keeps throwing him in the fire, knowing Rand. Yeah. But he's like, and he very loudly tells the entire inn that he's not playing the game. Which is a really good way to say that you're playing the game. Just like, I don't have time for this. Yeah, Rand clearly doesn't understand Kyrian, and it shows. And then he goes to the foregate. Oh, one other thing about that is they're, they're like, got like puppets all over the foregate. Yeah, it's like this, I, I dig it. Until later. <laughs> but it's bad. It's, the, it's a bad puppet. It's a bad puppet. <laughs> but they've got, like, people doing, like, puppet shows in the streets. Like, of, like, big puppets controlled by, like, multiple people. It's of like, like, this, like, circus. Yeah. And it just seems fun. 
It's like a parade every day. Although one thing that... And they did say that part of that is because the people inside the walls keep it that way so they don't ask questions. Right. Gotta let the poors have a good time so they don't ask questions. That's basically it. Because Tom's like, Galdrian's basically plying the, the like peasants with entertainment to keep them happy. Well, and that's, I mean, that's what monarchs do. That's yeah. Some of Shakespeare's plays were sponsored by yeah. the rich to be performed for the poor. And they didn't realize that Shakespeare was just slipping in a whole bunch of commentary on the people who commissioned him yeah. so that the poor would understand it. Yeah, but so... It's also why there's so many details. We'll, we'll come back to the, to the puppets because it, it's a little important. Rand goes to the foregate several days. He's there for a while. He goes there like several days in a row. And eventually he's like, oh shit. Tom. Because he recognizes something, and I think it just unlocks it's a part a of the telling of the great hunt of the horn. And it, I think he, I don't know, he doesn't say he recognizes the voice immediately, but there's just something that latches on to a part of his brain that he's like, I need to go there. And then he's just like in a trance. Yeah. And he sees Tom. And yeah. he's like, that's why. And he talks talks to Tom. Which we discussed yep. a little bit. Well, actually, he, ta- well, he talks to Tom. But first. And Tom is like, do you still have my flute? And... Yeah. Uh, Harp. Harp. And so Rand's like, yep, I'm going to go grab them now. And then he drags, he goes, he's like, Tom's alive. And, and Loyal and Huron, who never met him, are like, who? And he drags Loyal to go with him to see Tom. And I don't know why Loyal is so hesitant to leave. Because there are, there may be Ogier in the city. And he just doesn't want to see them? No, because he basically, like, snuck out of his home. And he's afraid that if there were Ogier there, they're going to try to bring him back. Ah, uh, fair. So he's, he's he like drags Loyal and they go and they meet Tom's apprentice, apprentice? slash lover. <laughs> As I was reading it, I was like, oh, we meet Dina. I'm guessing. Yeah. Dina. Apprentice? Question mark? And then I read farther down the page. Nope. nope. Lover. They have an Im- <laughs> they have a passionate kiss in front of Loyal and Ran. It goes on for quite a lot longer than Ran thought it should. Yup. And then later, in the little bit in Tom's perspective, we get he talks to a friend, Zara. Yeah. And Zara's like, just go marry that girl and right. stop playing the game. He's like, I'm not playing the game. Yeah, Tom is 100% playing the game. He says he's not, though. Yeah, but he is. He's taken, like, commissions at nobles' houses. Yeah, he's playing the game. He and Tom been, is... He's been, well, because he's been playing the game so long, I don't think he doesn't even realize he's playing it right. anymore. And Tom is a former court bard. He has to know how to play it. Right. And he's, he's basically training Dina to be a court bard and not a glee man. Because I think... He wants a better life for her than he's had. Than traveling, yeah. which is not what she wants. But, and I think that's going to make their relationship fall apart in the end because I think like, he's trying to because she's clearly younger yeah. than him by a lot right because at and one point he's, he's like I don't want to saddle her with an old husband and but like she loves him just like he's trying to do the whole I'm older and I want and I'm doing better like I know better than you so I'm going to direct your life yeah. to what it what you don't actually want it to be he's got a little bit stronger of a point there than Lan does because he's older than Lan by a decade at least Lan comes from a I'm going to suicide myself to for the cause so I don't want to saddle you with a dead husband. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tom is like, I'm older, I know better. You don't actually want to travel and be a glee man. You are yeah. going to be a court just, you're going to be a court bard. Yeah. That bothers me more than the I don't want to marry you because I'm too old. Like that is a very common thing. It's just like the, no, I'm training you to be a court bard. I'm not telling you that. Right. Because you say you want to be a glee man, but you don't know better. Yeah. Enough to know. I mean, I think he's I think he's right and I don't think she does know better but there's a different dynamic when you're also lovers yeah and it's like that's not cool yeah. Like if he if if she was purely just his apprentice, that's what she's there for. Right. But like when he's you... not truly a glee man. He's a 
He's a bard. Who has gleaned. That's why he's so much better than all the other gleemen, because he he, he performed a at bard. a higher level than gleemen too. And he was sleeping with a queen and like all this stuff. Tom apparently can get it, is what I'm hearing. I mean, he's very talented and apparently lanky, which is I may have missed that description to begin with. Because I, yeah. I had like a portly like a more portly but still like nimble. No, before man. before he I guess yeah, still nimble. Because like before he would do like somersaults and shit. But, like, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're, like, fit-looking. No. Like, there's a different, like, you know, you can be quick and you can be nimble, but you don't necessarily have to also be lanky. Yeah, but here he is explicitly lanky. Although I do kind of wonder, like, how much of that is post-Whitebridge? Like, know. has his appearance changed since Whitebridge a significant amount? It's possible. And he has a limp now. Yes, The Fade basically gave up. Yeah, the, sec- the second Rand ran off. That was his reasoning for why he survived, which I think there's a little bit more there because he said it very passively, but that could just also be the PTSD from being attacked by a fade. Yeah. Is playing it off so that it doesn't seem as important. Yeah. It's probably I mean, a coping it, mechanism on his part. I mean... Because clearly with what whatever... Know, with what we know now, though, it's not that weird for a fade to be like, fuck you, random old man. I'm going after the Taviran. But he played it off as, like, the encounter didn't matter at all, but clearly he it mattered enough that he got injured. Yeah. It is still a fade. Yeah. So, so that's yeah, that we, explains why not, Tom is alive. Yeah, there's not a whole bunch with Tom. He basically is like, I'm not going to help you. I'm glad you're out of it. Clearly you're out of it. Moraine's not here, but I, I'm done. Like, yeah, he's like, this girl loves me and I like her right, a lot. I, I'm not going to do anything to ruin it. Right. So Something Rand leaves and Loyal goes with him. And then they encounter Celine again and Rand gets hit with the idiot stick once again. Well, this is uh, before, but that's... Yeah. Or they meet Celine after yeah. the evil puppets. So yes, you had mentioned puppets. back to the puppets. So you had mentioned you know they've got multiple people operating these giant puppets that are supposed to they're supposed to be these monsters that are in stories and some of them are Trollocs. And yeah. as they were going into the city before, Rand looks at them and him and here and are like, that doesn't that That's that, not a Trolloc. That nose is all wrong. And they like they're making comments on these people clearly haven't seen Trollocs. But then these more realistic ones. Very realistic. Very. <laughs> and Rand's looking like, oh, those are a little bit more realistic. And then Loyal's like, Rand. And then one of them. Like, and then one of them comes head. to life. <laughs> They're actual Trollocs. They're pretending actual to be puppets, which is puppets. kind of fucking ingenious. It's like a Trojan horse. Yeah, it's ingenious. And then they attack him. Surprisingly ingenious for Trollocs, which I took for being real dumb. Well, I think it was. Fame. But like the fact that they the Trollocs were smart enough to know how to move to go along with the puppets. Yeah. It's not that they didn't understand the plan. I have just taken Trollocs to be so dumb <laughs> that they can't even follow instructions. Ah, well, they're pretty good at following instructions as long as they're fed. They're pretty good at following well, instructions. There's a difference between like following instructions to attack this village and following such minute instructions of pretend to be a puppet. Hmm, okay. That requires a level of acting I didn't think Trollocs a Trollocs capable of. were, ca- were capable yeah. of. Okay. But it was a really cool bit. Yeah, because one like gets real close to Rand. Rand just... Immediately kills it. Yeah. Once again, Rand has much better sword skills now. Although, he is clearly dependent on the Void for them. Because at one point, he's like, I could easily take out the three Trollocs that are attacking me if I entered the Void. Yeah. But I don't want to do that because weird things start happening when I enter the void and potentially touch Saeed. The first one he kills, he doesn't have the void. No. He just, he's... like, draws his sword and kills it. Yeah. So and he's he... clearly good with, like, very quick one-on-one. Right. And something I do love about every section where Rand ends up fighting, we get the names of the moves. Yeah, the sword forms are named really cool. And you don't know what they are. 
Because, like, there's not, like, there's, this, like, this glossary where we have, like, an image of, like, the heron threads the needle. I don't know that that's actually... That, uh, it could be. It could be. But, like, we don't know what the heron threads the needle looks like when he does it. But right. it's just an interesting, like... It's a really good way, I think, of writing a fight without having to get so bogged down in the details of what the fight is. Right. It's not like, because I see a lot of videos on TikTok about people, like, um, because I'm an author talk of people, like, trying to act out their fight scenes to Mm -hmm. see, like, okay, but can I actually grab the sword from this position once I'm already in this position? And you don't have to describe any of that when you just name a bunch of moves. Right. And you don't have to describe what the move is. You just make up. He does it. He just makes up all these really cool names. Yeah. And I think it's a really cool way to tell a fight scene. Yeah. I enjoy it. It gets a little weird later when we have, like, extended ones. Because it's like, okay, well, this is just, like, am I watching, like, anime or something? <laughs> like, cat crosses the courtyard. You know, <laughs> salmon jumps over the moon. <laughs> like, what's, cat crosses the courtyard is a real one. Salmon jumps over the moon is made up. I, I'm pretty sure. Um, and that gets a little weird. It's still, I like it. It, yeah. it adds much more of a, like, a, a literary quality to the fights. Which yeah. can sometimes in, in books be like, okay, well, he, he cuts, but then there's a block, and then he, like, reposts. Like, it just, like, gets a little, like, mechanical. Right. And it so flows adding... a little better when it's these, like, phrases. Because there's a little bit of, like, he, you know, dodges to the left, and then, and then there's a move. Right. And then he's, like, he lunges forward and sticks, the, and sticks get, him like... with the pointy end. And then describes, like... Yeah, and, then... and you get, like, a little bit of what the move is kind of... Like, it It was sort of clear to me that the move Rand does on the first Trolloc was kind of like an Eido-type thing, where he drew his sword and attacked in one motion. Sure. I, I pay attention to stuff like that, because I do martial arts. Um, but not all of the moves are like that, and it just leaves a lot of room for, like, making the fight whatever you want it to be. Yeah. As the reader. They fight some Trollocs that are pretending to be uh, puppets. Loyal kills one. Yeah, Loyal beats one into a wall so hard it dies. (laughs) And he does not like that he did that. And Rand is like, it was trying to kill you. And Loyal's like, it doesn't matter. I still killed something. Which as always, I appreciate that take. Because you always wonder, like, oh, it was in in self-defense. That still has to wait. You still... Someone, something died at your hands. The only thing I don't get about that here is that it's not a, it's not like if it were a dark friend, it would make more sense, but it's a trollic. They're literally monsters created by evil to do evil. I think it's... If there were anything, any creature that deserves to die, it's a trollic or a murdral. That's fair, but it's like... They're twisted creatures. They have like... A pig snout and wolf ears and goat legs and the body of a of a person. I mean, but it's kind of like I every time anytime like I kill a spider, I feel a little bad. Right, but like, spiders aren't created to do evil. They just look like it sometimes. Debatable. <laughs> like they catch other insects. They serve a purpose in the ecosystem. Okay, hornets. Trollocs serve no purpose other than to serve the dark one. I still I still like that that point was vocalized. Yeah, and I mean, it's it never, is consistent for loyal. It's consistent for loyal, and I think it's always important to have one person who's like that in a, in a story where killing is done, because then it's like, okay. this is where the moral is. This is right. where, it, like, this is one end of the moral compass, right. and then there's the other end where I clearly okay. don't care at all. I, you need to have both ends. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I just, I kind of wish that had been a dark friend and not a Trolloc, because that would have been a much stronger point. 
I think it's stronger to my end. It's stronger that it's a trollic that it doesn't matter what it is because okay. you need to have that extreme positive, like sure of it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Like, okay. Loyal is a person who would put a spider under a cup and let it out. Yeah. He would probably, if Trollocs were small enough, <laughs> put, put it under a cup and let it out. <laughs> to wherever their natural habitat is. Probably yeah. hell itself. <laughs> but, like, that's who Loyal is. And I think that it's important in a story that there's... That's fair. That exists. Yeah. So they kill these Trollocs. Yeah, they kill some Trollocs. They find Celine, And then they're on... They Celine's like, screaming. Because she got attacked by Trollocs or something. Yeah. And so they're, like, running, and they go into the Illuminator's house. I don't really know who the Illuminators are. The Fireworks Guild. Okay. And, but they're, like, talking about them, and I'm just like, I don't understand. This is one of the bits that I do not understand what is going on plot-wise. I don't think it matters much. It matters a non-zero amount. But here's what I've gotten out of it, is that they go, they hide in this courthouse or this clubhouse for this guild that doesn't like it when people are there so they have to sneak around yeah. and they see some fireworks and then there's more trollocs and so they use the fireworks as a distraction and then Celine escapes again and then sends Randon out yeah that's more or less it uh there is one extra fireworks bit where they use some fireworks on the trollocs but then they also accidentally set the whole place on fire well they had accidentally set off one because yeah but like the whole like storage Celine, shed like, they someone in. bumps into yeah they have these like like fuse sticks, and someone bumps into it and, it and sets it off. Yeah, and then they're then then and then the trollocs come again. And they get cornered, and Rand's like, "Haha, I have a fucking cannon!" And then and blows up some trollocs, and there there aren't even traces of them anymore. But then the whole place catches on fire, like the whole like shed that they're in catches on fire, and all of the fireworks go off. Okay, I think that's the part that I didn't understand what was going on. Yeah, basically, like something gets knocked over and it ignites because there are like smoldering sticks it ignites and then they, the whole thing goes up and then all the fireworks get set off and the illuminators are like well fuck yeah and so they have to run and then they try to find they try to help celine and i don't know what's going on with celine but she was like cornered and then they had to run and then she ends up sending them a note that's that's basically it <laughs> it did yield a fantastic line from rand which was basically to the effect of, he reads this note from Celine, he's like, Are all women insane? <laughs> Welcome to a thing. All of he's just, exas he's just all ex of exasperated men, by Celine. All of the men think women are insane, and all of the women think men are insane. I just, like, I, it's just so funny, because it's just Celine that, like, he has known Egwene for his entire life, and he's never really had this, like, are all women this crazy thing? It's just something about Celine that he's like, are all women insane? And he's just like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And I kind of, I see it because Celine. Celine's a piece of work. Yeah. She's very pretty and very power obsessed. There's that's, a quick bit with Perrin. Yeah. I was going to say, that's that's basically all the stuff with Rand and Kyrian. Clearly there's a lot more in Kyrian because that's a weird, nothing's resolved there. No. There's stuff set up, nothing's resolved. Then we do move to Perrin, who's just, they're just traveling. It's a really short chapter, too. Basically, the only things that happen is that we know that Matt is getting sicker, but at least his personality is still intact. Like, he's juggling. Sort of. He's like, still kind of a shithead, though. He is, but at least he's not, like, he's trying to be Matt. He's just failing. Okay. Whereas when he had the dagger, he wasn't even trying to be Matt. Okay. Like, he, he, you can see that he's still actively trying to be who he was because he's juggling. Right. He's just really pale. Yeah. Varen keeps attending to him. But it's not doing anything. Yeah. They came across the Trollocs that Rand killed. Yep. Uh, I, do they know that he has the horn or do they think no. he... 
Okay. Uh, the wolves call Thane the Shadow Killer, or they call someone Shadow Killer. They call it... Rand Shadow Killer. Oh, is it Rand? Yeah. Because they call whoever killed the Trolloc Shadow Killer. Okay, because that bit, that narrative bit was also this whole narrative bit wolves. is very confusing, and so they like I think writing wise, the last person's name that was mentioned was he or was was Fane, mm-hmm. and then the next pronoun used is he. So that makes me think that that he refers was to the was, refers to the last noun that you used. Yeah. Except because that's how narration right, works. Except for to the wolves, Shadow Killer is a name. But you didn't tell the audience who Shadow Killer is. No. So me. I thought it was Fane. That's fair. Is it Rand? Yeah, it's Rand. Okay. It's who it's who killed the Trollocs is referred to as Shadow Killer by the wolves. Yeah, that didn't that didn't come across. Yeah, and then they also meet. One of the Aiel. We, we meet a living Aiel for the first time, I think, here. I didn't really understand what was happening here, either. No, you're not supposed to. There was something about the threefold land and the waste and... Rodian. Rodian? Rodian. Rodian? Rodian. Is there an O in there? No. How, it's just, U-I. How do you say that slower? Rodian. Rodian, okay. And the gen Aiel and he who, he who comes with the dawn. Which they think, they, meaning Perrin and Matt, think that that might be Rand. Especially because they were like, "Oh shit, he does look like you." Yeah, like they see one, they see him in person. They see an Ielman in person. They're like, "Oh, we get oh, it now." You look like Rand. <laughs> yeah, there is a little bit of a fun bit here where Uno is like, "Fuck, there's an Iel. If I see him, he wants to be seen." And Perrin's like, "Where? Oh, clearly they're good at stealth. It's it's Urian. He's a red shield." I don't know what that means. We'll learn a lot more about I the figured, I figured. That's why I just wrote down the key words that I saw, and I was like, these yeah. will probably make sense later. No, just important to note. We're getting to the know. point in the book that I, that I get with all fantasy books, where it's like, I don't know what's happening here, but I trust that the author will get me to a place where I might understand what's happening. Yeah, some of this stuff isn't going to come back up for a little while. Yeah, but I'll, I'll figure it out eventually. There are 12 more books. I trust that Robert Jordan will get me there eventually. With almost everything he does. Which I really hope applies to the next two sections that we have to talk about really quick. The Jeffrem Bornhold and the Domon sections. Yes. Because I did not understand a single thing that was happening in this chapter. It was very much a, this is clearly a new plot line that they're introducing, and I did not authorize this new plot yeah. line. This has nothing to do with Rand. Both have to do more or less with the Shanjin, which is this, like, invading force. And a little bit with the Queen Diar. A little so bit, yeah. A little bit later. But, like, I did not authorize this new plot line, <laughs> so I don't know what's happening here. Yeah. And this is this is new. This isn't connected to this isn't at all connected to anything going on with Rand yeah. and the other characters. I don't understand why these are POV yeah. characters yet. Bornhold is very simple. Bornhold, there's the questioners are making some trouble, he thinks, and eventually decides to take the Legion his Legion of the Children of the Light to Almoth Plain. Come on ahead, Falma, to fight the Zhang Chen, basically. Oh, is it all about the same place? They're very near each other. Okay. I don't under- I probably same... need to actually look at the map that's in the book. Yeah, that is very helpful. And not something I did on my first several readers. I don't know why. Probably because it wouldn't have helped me at all. You can't visualize things. I can't visualize things. Domon's is a little bit more interesting where he's sailing around, he gets captured and then released, but told to go to a place by some Shan Chan. Yeah, he gets um There are actually not, several things. Let's not skip over the fact that he gets taken over by lady pirates. So they're not really pirates. Well, there's a woman in armor. Yeah, again. Which I do love a woman in armor. Is that Aginan or is that the That's woman? Aginan. Who is the woman that comes up with the other woman who's chained? That's not Aginan. 
that is a... See, I just don't understand. What, I clearly it did not the understand. Captain. See, I thought that was the person who had the Aes Sedai chained no. to her. No, that's somebody different. Okay. That is a, a type of person who we will talk about later. Well, then <laughs> who was she chained to? She was chained to a Damani. Okay, no. What happened was that there was a woman in armor that came up yep. on the board, mm-hmm. and then two other women yep. came up. Yep. One woman was chained to the other woman. Yep. The woman who was chained is the Domine? Domine. Domine? Yep. Who was she chained to? Someone, a type of person who we will learn about later. Okay. That will come up. Because I'm just like, I know who was on the chains, but who was yep. holding the chains, and I thought that was a Guinan. No, a Guinan is not. And I thought that a Guinan was the woman that came up second, and that this was just, the woman in armor was just some random hot woman in armor. No, that's a Guinan. She's the captain okay. of the, like, it's kind of like a privateer-ish. It's, it, she's part of the military. They're there to, like, hunt down shit and stuff. And so what happens here is Domon on the spray tries to evade them by like heading to shallower waters where they can't follow because it didn't go that way. It did not go that way because someone, they presume the like leash eye said eye type person, causes pillars of flame to erupt from the water. Yeah. It's not a good time. And yeah. he's like, well, I guess we're going to Falma, like they said, because if they had wanted to kill us, they would have killed us. Right. They. He is very much playing the I'm just a simple merchant, I'm not doing anything card, which he... So he kind of is just yeah. a, I mean, he's a little bit of a smuggler, but... But he's just a merchant. Like, yeah. he's not... Domon gives me very strong Sir Davos vibes. Yeah! Like, he's just, I'm a merchant, but I'm kind... I'm kind of sketchy about it a little bit sometimes. Yeah. He's, he's just, he's an onion knight. Oh, Sir Davos. But yeah, no, he, so he, <laughs> he gets captured. And... Now I like Domon more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but Domon's fun. He's a little weird. But so they like they want him to swear some oaths after they inspect his boat at Falma. Yeah. And so they go to Falma. I think the weird part about this is that like the narration happens very quickly and yeah. i didn't expect that he's just like they want to take us to falma i'm in falma i'm in falma there's like a one paragraph thing i'm like did someone inhabit robert jordan's body and make him write shorter <laughs> nope it just the that journey wasn't important it wasn't important to the character of Domon. all right so i guess i appreciate Domon's point of view at least for the if it's not important i'm not going to say anything about it at all yep and then they get there, and there's something about... There's a guy in a cage called First Watcher. I don't understand the First Watcher bit either. Okay. I don't think it's that important, though. And then they get to the, the place, and, like, they have to, like, bow weird. Yeah. And he's like, he wouldn't even do this to a king. What's going on here? He just doesn't understand yeah, the this, etiquette that's going on. Yeah, this section kind of serves to highlight the almost alien nature of the Shan Chan. This is the first time we've ever seen the Shan Chan. Yeah. And they have such different customs than everybody on the, like, main continent. Because they're from across the ocean. Yeah. Domon thinks it's weird. Yeah. And... They, have, they have weird accents. They talk with, like, a slow drawl. Yeah. Guess what that accent's based on. So you know how I mentioned that Domon's supposed to be like a Dutch accent, apparently? Uh-huh. Sean Chan are supposed to sound like Texans. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> it's very weird. But they have a slow drawl, and they talk so slow that it's hard to understand them sometimes. Lol. <laughs> Sean Chan is America. We are weird here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so weird. Especially... Never mind, I'm not gonna say that thought. But it's like just it's very weird. They are very clearly devoted to their weird high lord Turok in a we- in a way that Domon finds 
Very strange. Yeah, they like bow and Aginan kisses the floor and Domon's like, I'm going to pretend to do it because nobody can tell if I don't, but I'm not actually going to do that. It's weird. And so... It do be weird. It is weird. And High Lord Turok has... He's a Queen Diary collection. He has Queen Well, no, the Empress. Well, he has one and the Empress has one. Okay, because I just remember him saying, like, the Empress likes to collect them. Yeah. He basically, like, he's, he collects them because he's trying to be like the Empress. Who is the Empress? The Empress. Just, just like the king, like the okay. queen of Shanchen. Okay, so... Which is also where, that's also what the country is called. Okay, um, so yeah. He he basically confiscates the seal that Domon has, and he has another one. Domon has two? No, Turok has another one. Oh, okay, yeah. So they have, like, the largest collection, collection of these seals. Yeah, because Domon's like, holy shit, this could buy a kingdom. Yeah, and Domon's like, "Well, fine, you take it, because maybe then they'll, maybe then the dark friends will stop chasing yeah, me." Yeah, but then he gets real shitty. Turok gets real shitty about it because he's like, "Fuck you for te- for telling me I can take it. It's already no, mine. no, that's not Turok. That's, that's a, his like assistant. That's his like assistant because Turok's just like like attendant. Turok doesn't even bother to respond. No, he's just like, okay, yeah, fine. Like, because he, he's he. I think he his high lordness understands that Domon's trying to. I don't even think he registered it. I think he realized, like, just based on etiquette, is, like, he just dismisses it as, like, this Domon's just trying to be nice thing. And so he just completely dismisses it. Like, he doesn't even think about it because he realizes the tone, but his attendant is, like, how dare you? But that's, like, that's kind of the attendant's job. A little bit, yeah. The high, Like, higher-ranking people don't have to bother listening to other people's insults. They they pay people to defend themselves, like... Yeah. uh, We do learn... Quite a bit about the Shan Chan here, actually. They are obsessed with making people remember oaths that they that their ancestors apparently swore. And once you swear an oath, they just trust you and like give you weapons and stuff. Right. They they're like, okay, you know, merchants need to do trade. There need to be guards. You know, life needs to go on, but we're gonna make it. We're gonna make them do it our way. Yeah. And so Turak is in charge of something called the Forerunners. Karen. They're waiting for the return, which is in another old tongue word. There's some stuff going on. Shan Chan have an agenda. They're here to conquer. Yeah, because they're just like going around taking of... ships and women. Yeah, they're like inspecting all but the But they're women also somehow. like taking women and yeah. away from villages. Because yep. in Bornhold's section, when they find they find like this mass hanging of people killed by the questioners. And Bornhold's initial question is, was this you or was this Shan Chen? Yeah. And they're like, I think this was the questioners. Well, the questioners suck, so. But, like, clearly the, the Shan Chen are going about and doing things in a way that people don't like enough that this was right. even a question. Yeah. Like, maybe they've left, because they, they, apparently they've left a village of dead people behind before. Yeah. So, enough. That this is, or they left maybe one person dead and the story spiraled enough that it is enough of a question, but clearly they're up to some shady enough. That's why he calls them pirates. And like women are going missing, or women are getting like abducted by them or something. They've got the same reputation as pirates, basically, in this world. They're not like, and they're on the high seas. They are, although that's kind of partially as a function of them just being from a different continent. Like, yeah, you got to be on the seas if you're going to cross an ocean. But also just the reputation of pirates. Yeah. Like, pirates have a code. 
they have laws. Yeah. And people just think that they all go off and do whatever they want. And like, no, pirates have codes and laws and do all the things. Pirates have a misunderstood <laughs> reputation. And I feel like the Sean Chen would do as well. Okay. We learn a lot more about the Sean Chen as well. Which is why I made the pirate analogy. Because yeah. I feel like they... Clearly, they are up to things that people don't understand, so they just get inspired. The, the stories about them are maybe not operating under the same. Okay. We'll see how your opinion changes with the Sean Chan. We, we do learn a lot more about them. I think they're just, I, not, not misunderstood, but they're just not understood. Okay, yeah. It's hard to misunderstand something you've never encountered before. And so there's just a lot of fear around it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I'm like... We have to learn. I don't. I'm not. I'm reserving. This. I'm reserving judgment on the Sean Chen because I don't know enough, right. and I don't want to fall into the instant they're bad right. because I don't know enough. Okay. Yeah. Totally fair. And we will come back to it. Speaking of things, we come back to. It's time for recurring segments. We have more auras. What do you think about the auras? We we talked about them already. Um. I don't know anything about Egwene other than that clearly whatever else Min saw was either so confusing it wasn't worth mentioning or she realized that she should just stop talking now. Kind of one of those things of like, do you want to tell people their own future? Yeah. I wonder who Elaine's husband that he's going to have to share with, that she's going to have to share with two other women is. Yeah. Like, if it's Rand, we already know the other, we already know one woman. Like, there's just possibilities. Like, yeah. is it a man? Because, like, there was a thing going on with her and Rand. Mm-hmm. So, like, if she marries Rand, we already know the two women so far. Who are? Egwene and okay. Celine. Like, True. There are so okay. many options. There are a lot of options. Like, that that could already be explained. I don't think that's the answer to this riddle. <laughs> sure. But... That is a potential answer that one could see given on a test. Yeah. Like, what does this mean? Well, that she's going to marry Rand and the two other women are Celine and Gwen. Yep. Don't think that's right. The rose crown of Andor is kind of obvious. She's eventually going to be queen. She's princess. She's princess. Yeah. And she's the first in line to the throne. So eventually, yeah. she will be the queen and wear the rose crown of Andor. Yes, very true. So I guess that means that she's not dying before she takes over the throne. True. Although, there, who knows how malleable the future is. That's true as well. We don't know if this is like a... Or if, if she interact like, how might interacting with the Taviran warp these images? That's very possible. I have no idea about the severed hand. It's creepy. Yeah, well, yeah, severed hands tend to be a little creepy. Elaine's very much, well, this is not my hand. Yeah. And I yeah. don't know, I don't know about the white flame. No idea. That's pretty big. Yeah. How about ship updates? Um, I want Elaine to go on a date with Galad. Egwene. Yes, that's a, Egwene. I'm going to do that a lot yep. because their names are too similar. Well, their names are very similar. I want Egwene to go on a date with Galad. Yeah. Okay. I do not actually ship them. I just want Elaine to go on a date. Okay. I want Elaine, or I want Egwene to are you experience like, the world. Are you, do you think you're going to end up in the, like, Egwene Perrin ship? I don't know. I think I just want there, I think I want there to be more romance. <laughs> okay. So That's I will fair. take, because it's clearly going to take a while for the Nynaeve and Land thing to resolve, because I'm, it has to resolve. Like, I, I have to hold out hope that they get married and have children. Like. Okay. Like, I had I had to hold out hope that we're going to get at least a happily for now out of Nynaeve and Lan. One sure. of them's going to die. Like, they're... I mean, Lan is, like, in his, 
like late 30s, early 40s, I think. Right. I don't remember. I don't know how how old Bran is. And he's a warrior, and there's going to be a last battle coming. And like, if Lan makes it to the last battle, him dying in the last battle makes sense. Like, I have no hopes that they're going to die. As long as they get some happy. As long as they get some happy, and that happy is together in a relationship that is named. Okay. Okay. Not any of this, like, they first sleep together and then he dies the next day thing. (laughs) Like, you want them to spend some time in a relationship that has been labeled. Okay, cool. I want them to go study. Cool. But past that, I just want more romance. Just want more romance. Okay. So what? I'm just. I'll take whatever little nuggets I can get. Sure. And if that is Elaine going on a date with Prince Galad the Boring, yeah. Then I'll take it. Okay. Cool. Favorite moments. What is your favorite moment? Mine is the kind of like brother relationship between Galad and Gawain. It's nice. I know what's coming. It's nice. <laughs> That was so ominous. Yeah. I don't... I like Gawain enough. I don't want anything bad to happen to him. He makes things interesting. He does. Uh, my favorite moment is what I messaged you about when I read that section <laughs> from today. Tom is alive. Tom is alive. And I called it, damn it. Yes, you did. It's not. I'm not just happy that Tom is alive. I'm happy that I was right about Tom being alive. You were right about Tom being alive. And it's not like... And it's not like I had heard this as a spoiler somewhere and just had to play it as if, like, I thought that this was a thing, even though I knew it was actually a thing. I just didn't know. I legitimately didn't know, and I just, like, held out hope for Tom being alive. Yep. And he was, and I was I mean, who knows how much more of Tom we're going to get, but he's definitely alive. And I called it. You did, indeed. So this section was a lot of stitching. There's a lot set up here. Yeah, there's... There's plot lines that are being introduced and trying to be woven in. Yeah, it's, hopefully... it's about the time for that to happen. Yeah, because we're like past the halfway mark. It's done much better here than in the Eye of the World, in my opinion. And so hopefully, in our next section, chapters 30 to 34, we get a little bit more information about what this means. Yeah, hopefully it's it's a balance, at least, of a little bit of stuff starts to get resolved. Because we're, we're past the halfway mark here. Yeah. Stuff should start coming together. And... It hasn't here. Stuff started to get further apart here. I need you to. I need the. I need the cows to come back home. Yes. At the very least, we need like Rand and Perrin and Matt to be back in the same general area. Yes. Because like clearly, I mean, it's not like Egwene's probably not going to show back up with Rand. She's all the way to the White Tower. No, but we need. I and I think that next section is a section where I think that could happen. Yeah. So we'll find out in yeah. two weeks. Two weeks. Chapters thirty through thirty-four. All right. Bye. Bye.